0: It is very, very important to provide a message of hope and solution instead of providing a constant message of fear and uh, desperation. um, You're listening to the Investigative Journal. It's Monday morning. I'm your host, Greg Szymanski, and I'll be here for the next two hours. Two good guests today, and uh, we're going to talk with Alan Watt and then go on to California and visit with Anthony Hilder, two interesting people. You'll enjoy these two interviews, but let me get back to what I was saying. Uh, It is important uh, to spread a a message of hope and a solution instead of constantly providing um, a message of fear and uh, desperation. And What I mean by that is there are hopes and solutions and and, uh, things we can do uh... to overcome what's happening to america uh... one solution i think is to become a sovereign citizen and i have researched uh, looked at every possible uh, possible patriot movement that's happened over the last ten years in a legal nature uh... used a little bit of my law background being a former lawyer uh, and uh, came up with a very uh, solid one and that is the uh, one that i've had on the show uh... the program i've had by terry lee Uh, And Terry has researched this thing uh, 10 times more than I have, and I found him to be one of the most, uh, his programs to be the best I've seen. And so I recommend if you want to become a sovereign citizen, get out of this system. First, you can do it, and by you're doing it, you're going to gain strength, you're going to gain hope, and you're going to understand that if you start doing things from a personal level, and that means change your name, get rid of this corporate name, work it, Day by day, you're going to feel much better and feel empowered. Once you do that, once you erase yourself from this system, then you can get back into it in politics in any way possible. Because what happens now is if you enter into politics as a corporate citizen, you're going to take a corporate oath of office. And the chance of you possibly staying clean, the chance of you fighting what's happening in our government right now, uh, let's just say this. Uh, 99.9% of the people that enter politics with good intentions uh, either are killed or uh, succumb to what's happening in Washington so once you want to uh, become a sovereign citizen and the time it takes you to do that uh, once you find out and gain the inner strength and understand what it means then you can enter into public office and take the real oath and that is the oath to protect the people in the United States Constitution at that point you know we may have a chance to take back the country so those are two uh, that's a hope uh, that some people look into what terry lee is doing and uh, also uh, instead of fear and desperation uh, go forward with the strength of a sovereign citizen and take back your country because i'll tell you it's a country worth taking back i mean every day you wake up and uh i no longer feel that i mean i i i feel inside my heart And so we are going to win. And I'm very happy about being uh, a citizen of this country uh, in whatever form you may want to call it. Uh, I think that if we take positive actions, if we talk in positive terms, we're going to get a lot more done. And there are just so many, so many issues we can discuss. Uh, And I see it all the time with fear and uh, desperation emails that come to me. And uh, I just try to sort them out one by one and to provide some type of positive solution to the problem at hand. We'll be back uh, with my guest. And also, I want to play a five-minute clip by uh, former President John F. Kennedy about secret societies. You'd be shocked what he said back in the 1960s. Okay, we are back on the Investigative Journal. And if America is really being taken over by secret, now listen to that word, secret societies. Why do a lot of people that try to uh, figure it out tell us they know who these secret societies are and this is the way it's being done? Uh, to me, the word secret means we don't know where it's coming from and we need to uncover it by any means possible. So when you get these examples, for example, 20 years ago, someone once told me the Priori sion uh, De De that's S-I-O-N, was a secret society taking over the uh, Vatican Church in some uh uh the government of Italy. So I went and researched that, went to France and found out the priori de scion was actually a front uh for something uh more than just uh it had one little office and really wasn't a, a viable group and so that was just a front organization used by uh disinformation people to tell us uh that they were taking over the world. So uh, that was disproved. That was not proven. Okay. So then you go on and you think it's the Zionists. Well, if they're secret, well, how does everybody know who they are and taking? And if they are uh, taking over, why can't we stop them? And then you go to the Jesuits, and if it's truly them too, that's fine. But, you know, who knows? There may be another layer below them, I mean above them. So we need to look into all of it. That's all I ever said. And so the the term secret is the key here. There's all these secret societies. Everything is being taken over by America secretly. Well... You know something? We need to discuss it. So that's why the free open debate of everything from the secret societies, the Bilderbergers, we go on to the Bohemian Grove people, then we go into uh the Priory De Zion and all the other secret organizations, Luciferian organizations, working our way into the Zionists, into the Jesuits, we need to uncover all of them, to find out really what is the secret that is taking over our country. Is that asking too much? I don't think so, especially for truth seekers and especially for researchers, journalists, and anybody else trying to find a story. Usually, it's not the way it is handed to you on a silver platter. Look beneath the surface. Dig deep. Forty years ago, President John F. Kennedy. Startling interview. I've, I've never heard this before, and it's, a, it's about a five-minute tape. I'm going to play it now. Then we're going to get to my guest, Alan Watt, uh, and we're going to discuss some uh, interesting things. Alan has been fighting to wake up America for more than a decade. Same people need to understand history before ever having a grasp on what is happening in America today. And that is so true. So uh, those of you who feel the need to read about things that have been kept from you, it's uh, vital because it'll tell you what's happening. Uh, they'll put the pieces together. But let me play this five-minute uh, tape by Kennedy. And he goes into, some, he, he goes into secret societies. Into, and a speech, I think, that probably led to his death because behind that, was what just what he was talking about, and probably was his demise. But this is an interesting speech uh, that you want to listen to. It's uh, five minutes long. Chris, uh, can you put that up for us? Thanks, ladies and gentlemen.
1: The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society, and we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned. No rumor is printed. No secret is revealed. No president should fear public scrutiny of his program, for from that scrutiny comes understanding, and from that understanding comes support or opposition, and both are necessary. I am not asking your newspapers to support an administration, but I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people. For I have complete confidence in the response and dedication of our citizens whenever they are fully informed. I not only could not stifle controversy among your readers, I welcome it. This administration intends to be candid about its errors. For as a wise man once said, an error doesn't become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. We intend to accept full responsibility for our errors, and we expect you to point them out when we miss them. Without debate, without criticism, no administration and no country can succeed, and no republic can survive. That is why the Athenian lawmaker, Solon, decreed a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. And that is why our press was protected by the First Amendment, the only business in America specifically protected by the Constitution, not primarily to amuse and entertain, not to emphasize the trivial and the sentimental, not to simply give the public what it wants, but to inform, to arouse, to reflect, to state our dangers and our opportunities, to indicate our crises and our choices, to lead, mold, educate, and sometimes even anger public opinion. This means greater coverage and analysis of international news, for it is no longer far away and foreign, but close at hand and local. It means greater attention to improved understanding of the news as well as improved transmission. And it means finally that government at all levels must meet its obligation to provide you with the fullest possible information outside the narrowest limits of national security. And so it is to the printing press, to the recorder of man's deeds, the keeper of his conscience, the courier of his news, that we look for strength and assistance. Confident that with your help, man will be what he was born to be free and independent.
0: And those were the words of, of course, uh, former President John F. Kennedy 40 years ago. Amazing, amazing how they ring true today. And I think that'll give you an indication uh, of those secret societies, of the people behind the scenes that actually uh, killed President Kennedy. 40 years later, Uh, We're now seeing what what he understood back then, and now we're kind of retracing our steps. Uh, Many Americans have been kept in the dark, and now we must. We must do something before our country is destroyed by the same people that President Kennedy uh, talked about and let me give you an example I'm gonna get to my guest in two minutes so we're gonna take a break then get to my guest Alan Watt who's gonna enlighten us on a a number of different things in history about who these secret people are that are doing this you know, I get I get emails from all over the world, and uh, one one or two people have been emailing me consistently regarding uh, trying to figure out who these people are behind the scenes that are helping network uh, this movement across the world to basically destroy all freedoms. And we get to the point of the Jesuits, and I talked to a man by the uh, name of uh, Bobby Lameta, who is in the Philippines, who enlightens me about the situation there. Uh, he is scared, he's frightened for his life. He knows that the, the Jesuits and emails all the information regarding the Jesuit control there and it's, it's just unbelievable. And he basically says this, if they're doing it in the Philippines, don't you think America wake up and they're doing it with the help of your politicians and all the people that are involved in these, in this in these secret groups? Think about it. I then receive, uh, there's uh, uh, emails from Sister Catalina, and she's a a former Catholic nun who knows the same story. And I I tell you what, I'd like to just read a short email after this break, uh, a couple paragraphs from Sister Catalina regarding the Jesuits and regarding the possibility of them being involved in these secret societies and also being involved in the killing of President Kennedy, which I might add... uh, When you listen to his words, remember the word secret, you know. We still haven't figured out who's doing it. We must do that. and It's only going to take the help of millions of Americans with their opinions to help bring our country back. Okay, uh, we're back on the Investigative Journal, and let me get right to my guest. Uh, my guest, my first hour guest, is Alan Watt, and Alan has been fighting to wake up America for more than a decade, saying people need to understand history before having a grasp, a good grasp, on what is happening in America today. According to to Alan, who has meticulously studied history to find the answers, the Illuminati's main goal is to wipe away free will and individualism. Uh, Alan, how are you today? Oh, fine. Those yeah. were, and I, I assume you listened to the, those words by Kennedy, which were lost and somehow recovered forty years. weren't those powerful words? Uh, did you get a chance to listen to that tape?
2: Uh, I put the video up on uh, the weekend.
0: Yeah. Now that's it. That's where I got. Thank you so much. Yeah. I knew it all came together. Uh, and uh, anyway, what, tell tell us what you what your thoughts were after you heard that.
2: Well, I always knew that. Uh, I remember that uh, in Britain they played uh, that speech. In fact. Uh, on the BBC, uh, when they were actually discussing Freemasonry at one point, this was years ago, when I was small, and so I hunted it down. Mm -hmm. And um, I I knew there were big movements uh, at play between the um, world powers, uh, the the, the dialectic was going on, the Russian movement, the Soviet movement was uh, being hyped up, mainly in the US, not so much in Britain. And as I was growing up, I realized that Britain already was a socialist country. Mm-hmm. And then when I went into the history, this is before high school, I went into the adult libraries and checked it all out. And I found, that, sure enough, um, there was data, recorded data from books written during the Bolshevik Revolution um, concerning the banks of the U.S. and Britain funding the revolution and actually um, helping to, to get uh, the Soviet system up and working. And I thought, well, in other words, the, the elite of the world, um, the moneyed people, the, the establishment, as they call it in Britain, were backing the Soviet Union, which was supposed to be your enemy sworn to destroy you. And that's your classical dialectic there. To get the world that they wanted to come out of this, it was the outcome when you fuse the two together, which is a sort of fascist elite at the top, uh, running a world uh, with Bureaucrats running the people beneath in a communistic fashion. That's what they—they're now calling the third way, and that Go was ahead. how they did it. Yeah.
0: So tell— you know, you you make it a point to emphasize the fact of looking back into history and covering the things that have been. Uh, kept from people. And I've had a number of guests on the show. I've tried to do that on this show, and that is to bring on people who have done the research, have done the legwork like yourself, to try to piece together uh, this hidden history that's left out of our books, left out of libraries, uh, with a concerted effort to shape and pattern uh, a, a certain type of individual, or take away that individualism. Uh, yeah. So why don't you give us kind of your take on the whole uh, situation, and start from where you think it's important, and build us up to today, and then, of course, I want you to try to give us some hope and uh, uh, some solutions. Go ahead.
2: Well, in the third book I put out in the Cutting Through series, I go through what we call civilization, the meaning of civilization, which was the introduction of a monetary system, which spread from the Middle East all over the world in ancient times and then brought the merchandising, the loaning of money to countries. And it, what they were able to do then is create a, a middle class, you might say, or an aristocratic class of thinkers. That's how you end up with all the Greek philosophers. They were wealthy people who would sit and discuss things like think tanks, you might say. And and this has been their system ever since, with a definite agenda towards world conquest. And uh, Plato himself wrote about this in the Republic and he was a member of the, the aristocracy of Greece. He himself, along with the rest of them, were, were trained in Egypt by Egyptian priests for 20 years for their mission.
0: So he was, he was one of the original New World Order members?
2: Huh? Yes, they, they wanted an ideal society. Also, the biggest problem was always maintaining control over the population, the people, the ordinary people, and getting to, them to work either for
0: free or for very little. No wonder they don't like Americans now. You know, because they can see the, the independence that used to be the trait of an American society that they're yes. slowly wiping away. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, independence. The, the, the original thinker is is hard to predict. You, you never know what he's going to say or do next. And one person, one person who can say the king has no clothes can just break the spell so quickly. And that's why we're going under totalitarianism and total information network is to get all information from everyone so that we're all very predictable. And I thought that the term interdependence, you'll hear this from the United Nations, we must create a world of interdependence. That's why your harbours are being sold off to foreign nations or peoples, and, uh, and your manufacturing, too, is being sold off to other peoples. It's for the world to be interdependent, which is the opposite of independent, you see. Right, And that doesn't stop with countries. It's to come down to the individual where eventually you won't be able to have a garden and grow your own food because that's, that's independent. And being independent under the, the Soviet or the new Chinese communist rules means you're antisocial.
0: All right, listen, let's take a break, a three-minute break here. We'll be back with Alan Watt, and then we can go back into history and piece together how they are bringing to the destruction of America right before our very eyes. Okay, we are back. Uh, second half hour of the investigative journal. And before I get back to my guest, Alan Watt, I wanted to I'll just remind you, I promised to read that short paragraph uh, uh, email from Sister Catalina, who's trying to determine who the real spiritual controllers of the new war, world order really is. And uh, I will do that at the top of the hour, along with updating you on that Vatican lawsuit and some uh, startling information that we uncovered uh that Jonathan Levy, the attorney, did in a recent deposition regarding the rat lines and the involvement of certain high-level officials in the church and the American government, and we've uh, got uh, some... Part of the testimony from William Gowan who was a uh, CIA agent, that testified recently regarding that connection, uh, which uh, fits into what we're doing today. But anyway, we're back in history with Alan Watt. He's giving us, um, a, you know, just a great rendition of how this has happened to our country, going back years and years and years. And I broke, uh, I broke in and interrupted you, Alan. So uh, pick up where you left off. Yes, the the
2: the thing is, I mean, in the, in the 1700s. The elites of Europe uh, had meetings in in Europe, and uh, they wanted a world society. It was first discussed by John Dee in the 1500s when he approached Queen Elizabeth I with his proposal to create a British Empire. And uh, he said it would be based on a form of free trade. Mm-hmm. and that countries that would not join it would simply be embargoed and and uh, left out to dry until they conformed. But he also said that uh, the founding nation didn't have to be the one that would eventually lead the world into it. They needed a, a knight in shining armor, you might say. Uh, Britain was so well known for, for pillaging other countries, or England was, and uh, so was France and some of the other biggies. So they needed a brand new country and that is why the U.S. was founded. The U.S. was founded by Freemasons. Mm-hmm. That's, that's common knowledge. Right. And there's many paintings in Washington with his Masonic regalia on. And he got a brand new obelisk built in his memory. And an obelisk in Egyptian terms was only given a brand new one dedicated to a person when he was raised up to godhood. That's what it meant, apotheosis. hmm and so the, the U.S. was created to bring in the new world order and take over from Britain, and that's exactly what it's done.
0: Now, uh, when you say we were created for that, give us a little bit more background, and then tell us how the why it's taken so long. I guess people would ask that question uh, if we were created for that. What was the uh, what? What happened? Uh, who stood in the way of this? And, and no
2: one really stood in the way to be honest they have their timetables and they work in centuries and, and, and these big the real societies work like long range business plans and they work centuries ahead and they did the same thing in the middle ages when they built the cathedrals and it would take five or seven generations of stonemasons to do it mm-hmm. uh, we're so used to seeing something completed in our own lifetime uh, we can't imagine uh, things going on that we will never see finished but these guys do and it's a power const- uh, controlled structure with archives of information as opposed to public libraries. And they have their agenda. Um, if you read the, the I try to read the books by, uh, written by the people concerned, not about them. And so read the Benjamin Franklin's diaries. And he tells you right in there that he envisaged the United States Federation beginning men, a government of 12 wise men, and Thomas Jefferson in his memoirs said the same thing.
0: All right, well, take us back and bring us up to date, uh, basically, on your reading through history. Well, how long, oh, you, you talk about centuries. Okay, tell, take us back to, uh, you know, that period of time, bring us up to date now, and tell us what you, you think is going to happen in the near future.
2: Well, in the near future, it's actually out in the open, because uh, people have forgotten about the free trade negotiations, uh, the, the FTA that came out before NAFTA, okay. and that was going on in the late 80s when Brian Mulroney was in power in Canada, and Bruce Senior was in power, and uh, they signed the FTA, and Shelley Ann Clark, uh, who was a, the most senior civil servant in Ottawa, in the Parliament of, in Ottawa, uh, did all the books for the for the negotiations, and she came out publicly, and said they're merging the countries by two thousand and five and And lo and behold, last uh, year, on twenty seventh of March, two thousand and five, at Waco, Texas, the Bush and um, Martin and Fox signed the United uh, Americas pact. They said on television here in Canada, they had five more to go. Um, Tom Clark from Global uh, Network News stood up and said, this sounds just like the European Union, is it? Mm -hmm. And Martin stepped in right away and said, well, it's not quite the big bang. We have five more meetings to go. But he didn't deny it. And that was the the beginning. By 2010, we have to be totally merged with with the borders down, which means we'll have to have the the whole continent ID'd by then to allow us to travel back and forth.
0: So you're talking by 2010, they want this whole thing to be... In place, then, correct? Uh, yeah, and, work, and functioning too, yeah. Well, I guess we could spend a couple of minutes. Tell us uh, what's your take, since you've been reading all this. What's your take between now and 2010? What's going to happen if we don't step in the way and stop these people?
2: Uh, well, we know where they're going. It's to be a world that's totally controlled. The individual will, will won't be able to move without permission. Uh, Ultimately, if we go back into the books of the Council on Foreign Relations and the Royal Institute of International Affairs, which is the British version, and all British Commonwealth countries, including Canada, has that department. Um, And they've been on television here, in fact, before they signed the Waco deal, publicly saying on behalf of the CFR from their main headquarters that they had drafted up the plans for the unification of the Americas. The CFRK Mountain said that on national television here.
0: All right. So how, do, how does the whole picture fit in with the Middle East, with us, mm-hmm. uh, and with Europe? How do you view this?
2: Yeah. Well, they started the, the, the big takeover for the world's resources in the days of Cecil Rhodes, who created Rhodesia. And he belonged he created uh, the, the scholarship for the Rhodes Foundation dedicated to world government. So all Rhodes scholars are sent out into the world and to other governments. Uh, and you have quite a lot of them in your bureaucratic, uh, bureaucratic departments in, your, in the federal government. And they're dedicated to uh, world government. That's their goal. And Cecil Rhodes uh, was sent out by the Rothschilds and Lord Milner, Lord Al- Alfred Milner, for the Round Circle Society, which merged with the Road Society, and they were sent out to take over the world's resources uh, in preparation for a global structure to be run by international corporations. And that's happening today. Uh, then we had Professor Carl Quigley, who picked Bill Clinton to, to be a Rhodes Scholar. And, and Carl Quigley wrote in his book, The Anglo-American St- Establishment, the whole agenda for world unification uh, and uh, the fact is that a new feudal system will be born where international corporations will decide the fates of the nations. They will be the new overlords. No. And that's already happened because most politicians, as you know in the federal government, it doesn't matter what party they belong to, uh, they've been CEOs of big corporations and they move in and out of politics and back to the corporations uh, quite easily. Um, and it's the same in all uh, countries in the world now. So this system is up and already in place. We're being run by international corporations.
0: Okay. How does genocide fit into this? And the fact that their uh, statements have been made in uh, writings regarding uh, the depopulating of the world. How does that fit into this uh, whole plan? in from your uh,
2: they, uh, again, they've written about this extensively. H.G. Uh, Wells, who was a front man for the... He was a Fabian Society founder. Um, he published a lot of work on this, non-fictional work, as well as his fictional work. But he said um, that the world was just run too inefficiently, and people were born, put through a system, and then expected to find their own place in the world and compete. He said, this the system we shall create uh, with a much uh, reduced population, He said no one will be born without a function to serve the world state. And he said uh, the careers of everyone will be chosen for them by the state. And that's what School to Work is all about, is based on the Soviet system, which truly was the laboratory for all of this.
0: Yeah, and I think that's kind of what I want to get at here. Uh, Once we get past, uh, we went back to uh, the formation of America And we moved ahead. Uh, Did you want to spend any time in in the Civil War period?
2: Well, the Civil War period was, uh, again, a takeover uh, uh, from a a corporate north to uh, mainly an agricultural south. It was a land takeover, a resource takeover, again, of natural resources and a unification of a culture. Now, it was interesting that Karl Marx, and you'll find this in your own congressional records, um, uh, wrote a letter to Lincoln congratulating him uh, on, on unifying the country. He said, we need a strong central government. And that was the fundamental core for for communism, was a strong, uh, overbearing central government. So this was part of the agenda for world domination.
0: So then we move forward, of course, and... Um I wanted to take us into the World War II period and how you think that relates to what's happening now, as mm-hmm. far as the you know the strengthening of the Soviet bloc and then also uh, the Nazi movement and yeah. the relationship of our country with that, uh, with other powers that may be like the Vatican and other places. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, well, I think all these big structures, if you go into history, you'll find all the big structures of control and religions are all part of the one and the same thing. Um, yeah. To rule society, you must always have threats from somewhere, and so they create divisions within society uh, and use religions, especially in the past, to, to have them fight each other, and then they step in with all the rules and regulations to, to, to keep the peace, which takes away your rights. So there's always uh, divide and conquer going on, and there's no way the Vatican could ever have been um, going independent in any way at all. Um, You'll find at the top levels of the CIA, MI5, Mossad, MI6, they're all one. Mm They're departments which have all combined long ago. Right. And you cannot have a secret uh, independent nation today without being infiltrated, and you couldn't have a secret uh, uh, Vatican association without being infiltrated too.
0: Right, and that's the real—that's the interesting part about this—is how they have organized this worldwide network, and. You know how people probably wonder. Well, how did they get involved in our gov- in the American government? How did they work their way and take over the Congress? How did they work their way and take over the judiciary? And uh, how did they take over the CIA's? Who's doing this? And if so, mm-hmm. who is over on the other side in, in Russia, in China, working together with these people? Well, how- we
2: know we know who they are because uh, uh, if we go back to to one group. only one group it's always mentioned as though they were the only group but that was the Weishaupt Illuminati Mm -hmm. now the whole foundation of the Weishaupt's idea which wasn't his it was a worldwide movement already had been for hundreds of years but uh, they wanted to create a world uh, um, run by an intellectual elite Mm -hmm. they called it the the natural aristocracy and that's the same term used by 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 Uh, Jefferson in his own book he said uh, the natural aristocracy should rule the world by that he meant the intellectual scientific elite and so um, that's what we have today we have, now Weishaupt said um, uh, he coined the term global citizen and if you go into the Rockefeller Foundation and Weishaupt said it, we shall create philanthropic organizations which will fund NGO groups basically which will speak on behalf of the public and demand changes. Well, that's how all laws come into force now. The the big uh, NGO groups are funded by the big foundations, and uh, and they pretend to speak on behalf of the public, and then the, the government's only too happy to put the laws on the books for the changes they want. Now Rockefeller himself, I've got a tape, a videotape where he's giving out awards for global citizenship, mm-hmm. just like Weishaupt's Illuminati.
0: Exactly. And, you know, just a couple of minutes before this break, I just wanted to ask this question, and we can talk about it afterwards. But, you know, when you look at what's happening in the Middle East, the war on Iraq, it appears to be orchestrated by more than just uh, coincidence, uh, Mm -hmm. orchestrated by a number of different uh, high-level people from different countries all working together, uh, and the upcoming war in Iran, if that occurs, which uh, most people say it's not uh, if but when. How, in a sense, do you view these people uh, moving forward with these agendas? I mean, they have to be on the same page. They have to have a, a network of communication. So yes. how does China, Russia, America, and other countries, Mexico, and we could probably add all of them members, work together? What is the a network that helps them communicate or get on the same page? For example, we're going to have a war on terrorism and mm-hmm. use the Muslims. Yes. How, do, how does this work in your mind?
2: It's done through international law from the United Nations. Okay. And it's interesting that every country after 9-11 were asked to sign uh, the agreement on anti-terrorism and put the, all the laws into effect at the same time. And pretty well every country's done it. Um, the, the exact same laws. Finland's got it. Uh, Norway's got it. Sweden's got it. Nothing happens in those countries here they are wondering why their governments are running around and shouting, terror, terror. Uh, This is being used as an excuse to bring in the new agenda, the totalitarian system. But it also tells you that the communication of the department heads and the bureaucracies in all these countries are interconnected from a central source. The central source is the UN because H.G. Wells, when the the League of Nations was set up uh, at the time of the First uh, he said this is the end of national governments. He says bureau- bureaucrats, top-level bureaucrats, can leave their department and go straight to a counterpart within the United Nations, bypassing the politicians. And that's what they've been doing for the last hundred years.
0: You know, I wanted to ask you this question after that. I'm going to ask you the question now, then you think about it during the break. But pretend that I am a regular American living in 2015 here. Okay. (laughs) pretend that 10 years or 11 years has passed and I'm living in uh, just a regular state in America. And if things go on the way they're supposed to, I guess we're at a critical period now. Exactly. What would my life be like in all aspects from education to uh, travel to, you know, the whole uh, to government? How is the government going to look? Is it going to be just structured the same? But then again, all all choice taken away in your mind what do you think is you know it's an interesting question place ourselves 15 years we're going to pretend when we come back that it's um, 15 years from now and tell us if we don't step in the way if we don't positively do something to get rid of these people what our life will be like we'll be back with alan watt Okay, it's the year 2016, and uh, I've decided to move way up into the Colorado Rockies, so away from these uh, people, and to uh, enjoy the remaining years of my life. And I start to wonder and ask a friend of mine next to me, what's going on in the Middle East and in Israel? Alan, what do you think in 2016, if we don't stop these people, that that place will look like?
2: Uh, It will be one big uh, block, basically, uh, the Middle East. Um, mainly for the natural resources, but as far as America goes and the rest of the world, uh, we'll be in our habitat areas. If you've read Agenda 21 from the United Nations, uh, the habitat areas, they want everyone off the rural areas uh, that they don't need anymore. Uh, corporate farmers only will be doing the farming. Um, there'll be no private property uh, in these habitat areas. There'll be rental only. Um, Lord Bertrand Russell wrote a book, The Impact of Science on Society, and he, the Education and the Good Life, and he said, um, he said that the public will be given so many credits by the state at the beginning of every week, and you can't save them up. You must use them all up, uh, and you start at the same figure the next week. Uh, and if you go against the system... Uh, They will use that as a form of punishment by withholding your credit so you can't buy food and you can't pay your rent. There will be no uh, public or private vehicles either. That's the other part of the the U.N. uh, Biodiversity Treaty, Agenda 21. So this is all interrelated. It's a planned society. We've seen family planning, now it's global planning, and we will have no decisions to make on our own at all, basically.
0: What about our government? Let's say I want to go out and vote in 2016. What will that be like?
2: Um, I don't even know if there'll be votes by then. We won't probably won't need them. Um, or else your vote will be. It's like Britain. Britain is now a, has a regional vote um, because they're part of the union. Uh, so the federate, uh, the, your, your actual um, uh, national government will actually be a local government.
0: Uh, That's the status it will have. And who will be in control, for example, when we say the President of the United States? uh, What will that entail uh, in in 2016?
2: Not much more than he is already. He's a front man for the corporations above him, for the big uh, moneyed boys who, who run the world, basically. Every president and prime minister goes cap in hand when they get in office uh, to, to see how the debt situation is they have to go into the big bankers and uh, they you know the big bankers can, can sink their country tomorrow if they want to
0: so basically it's going to be the, you know, the same as it is now except we'll know what they're, they're actually just going to tell us it, uh, that yes. way instead of lying to us and telling us we're free, correct? yes
2: and, and really when you have a, um, a, uh, an international government running you you're so remote from them You're now an outpost, really. And you can't take your complaints anywhere because it's so far away. That's already happening in Britain and other countries. Brussels doesn't listen to them.
0: You know what? uh, If you could stick with us after the hour. I've got to uh, pass a few messages along after this short break. Then we're going to come back and do another segment with Alan Watt. And I want to hear some solutions and some hope. Okay, we were, were still in year 2016 in uh, 2016, and we're talking to Alan Watt. We're going to take a few minutes here. i got a few messages to bring across, and after this short segment of three or four minutes, we'll get back and finish up with uh, Alan Watt and uh, talk about uh, some other things that uh, we have to look forward to uh in the year 2016 if we don't uh, radically change this new world order agenda which is moving along full steam and has been doing been going on uh, according to Alan and many other researchers for hundreds and hundreds of years and we just happen to be uh, luckily at the tail end of it right uh yeah uh but we got to deal with it and hopefully we can stop it uh let's uh, get back to what i was saying i i promised to read this message from sister catalina and she's a Catholic nun who uh wants to alert people also of the feared Jesuit order. And in our quest to figure out that word secret in uh, the secret societies and the secret people taking over America in order to stop these people, uh, you can't forget about the Catholic Church, the Vatican, and the Jesuit order and their role worldwide. In this uh, global domination plan. So, uh, she is writing Sister Catalina, who has inside information regarding this order and the Catholic Church, uh, to uh, Bobby Lametta, who is a Filipino. Uh, he's from the Philippines and he's a freedom fighter, also talking about what's happening to his country and connecting the dots to the Jesuits. And uh, Bobby's fearing for his life right now, Uh, emails me constantly just to keep track, and I want to keep his name out in the public to help him because he's a long way away, and he's asking Americans to look at what's going on there in order to protect his country and ours. And this is Sister Catalina when Bobby proposed that the Jesuits were bringing down his country along with crooked politicians, and she says, uh, Dear Brother Bobby, you are 100% correct. As a former member of the Zionist, one, the Zionist Organization of America, I can promise in the name of Jesus that these Jews that I was involved with are totally praying for peace and goodwill from their enemies. They wish no harm done. However, please read the book, The Keys of This Blood, uh, and in it the Pope states that the uh, minimists, uh, the Jews, Muslims, and Christian fundamentalists such as Baptists and the SDA must become part of the final, final solution. Therefore, since Jews would not kill, uh, they are strict of the holy laws of God. Then the Jesuits are indeed the treacherous, vile creatures that are plotting everyone's demise, as you said, like a cancer. Many blessings in Jesus' holy name, Sister Catalina. Well, anyway, uh, you can learn a lot about what's going on in this country by Finding out what's happening in other countries. Uh, there is a total blackout of the news here. We are in a corporate dominated, as Alan Watt has told us. I mean, every possible, uh, way we look to get at the truth is blocked. And we are, are either lied about, lied, about uh, lied to, uh, if not lied to, we are taken in different directions Uh, we are then uh, all the uh, criticism then is to be deflected and you can see one by one as dissidents speak up in america and i've brought on three or four or five on my show who are now in jail for trying to talk out and speak out in many different ways in this country to uncover this corruptness at every level of government in the religious organizations and uh, so on and so forth this shows you we need need to find out uh, really who is behind it and we will continue to do that on this show we'll be back okay rolling right along here on the investigative journal my guest is alan watts and we're uh, trying to figure out what life is going to be like in this country in 2016 if we don't do something Uh, right now alan we're about 300 uh, million strong in this country Uh, what's the population in 2016 if the powers that be have their way with us Vastly
2: reduced. Uh, I think Jax Trousteau gave a, a talk to a, a magazine um, and he talked about bringing it down by at least three quarters. They don't need uh, the population now in a highly technical society. Um, they don't need all the, the work, all the hands, all the labor. And so the, their perfect world will be vastly reduced to, but at least at least a quarter of what it is today.
0: So how are they going to do that to us in the next ten years?
2: Well, they've had think tanks at the UN working on this kind of thing, and uh, they talked about using all means possible. Uh, Arthur Kosler wrote the book *The Ghost in the Machine* while he worked at the United Nations, and and we talked about ways of lobotomizing the public. Um, Uh, By chemical means, injections, spraying around them, putting in the food, putting in the water. And I think they've been doing all of this because people uh, are sort of dreaming through their lives here and they're oblivious of the dangers around them.
0: So we're 300 million strong. Uh, We're still 300 million strong. Maybe Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, the 300 million uh, are just, like you said, uh, oblivious to what's going on. Uh, what can we do? I mean, they're going to get us in one way or the other, whether it's through constant war, which is depleting the populations of Iran, Iraq, and that, that region in Israel, and then perhaps even here. Do you, do you do you think there's an invasion looming in the next ten years of this country?
2: Uh, only if they bring on a, some kind of disaster. Uh, Kissinger made a speech in California that the people would welcome in uh, the United Nations foreign troops under the right circumstances. And they certainly have the power to bring anything on like that. And they can also bring it on under a plague if they want to release a plague. And people should realize that every major country has be- <laughs> the departments of bacterial warfare and viral warfare where they have tremendous weaponry. And they've had it since before World War II. And uh, they can create any kind of disease they want. They have diseases which are programmed to go through a population from coast to coast and then, then they kill themselves off uh, after a few weeks. And that was in the British uh, newspaper, the Daily Mail, a whole half page on that. Uh, they can program viruses or bacteria, just like nano robots.
0: You know, before I take this one caller that's been holding a long time, uh, I did want to ask you, what kind of hope do you see, let's say, just from your, your point of view, uh, that we can stop this? This is something that's been going on for hundreds and hundreds yeah. of years. What makes us think that we can even stop it?
2: Well, I always say it's the strangest thing. We're all taught that we, our only duty is to vote. We're, we're taught that, and, and sure enough, people vote, and... And, and the same agenda steamrolls ahead regardless of who's in power. And I, I, I tell them all, you know, if you going to give power to someone who's going to make laws which will affect your life, you better find out who they are, even at your local level, and you must have it on the books openly. What organizations, secret organizations, or organizations with secrets, as they phrase it, uh, they belong to and, and what ones have given oaths to and what those oaths were. That's got to be out in the open because you'll find most of the politicians, even the petty ones down to local level, belong to one of the many, many uh, branches of Freemasonry, All Right. So e- we, even the ones who count the votes.
0: So you're, you're starting out by saying the one hope we can do is by start demanding we know who these people are uh-huh. by outing them, so to speak, and then what can we do?
2: Well, it's, it's like Kennedy said, that's why I put that up on the website, uh, cutting through the matrix. Mm -hmm. He said it's got to be an open society. Government must be open to the people. It's not supposed to be a secret society unto itself with its own agenda.
0: Yeah, and let me just mention, that was a great uh, clip. I want to thank you for uh, getting that and putting that out and then coming on the show. That was just a great clip because I think that will drive home to many people uh, that are on the the borderline. Uh, I want to get to people that are not uh, yet aware of what's happening in our country and i think that'll show you that'll show many people what really he knew back then and what uh, and how they killed him Yes, and everything uh, he
2: said is happening now you you have a totalitarian system under the guise of security exactly what he was warning about and and uh, you're losing all your
3: rights
0: right let me get to Wal, uh charles in texas he's been holding on a long time charles you're on the investigative journal
3: yeah i had a couple of questions for your guest and i had a I mean I mean comments for the guests and I had a right. question for you, uh, Gray. All right. Okay, uh my comments are Gr- George Washington, he for the last twenty years of his life he did not attend the free uh, uh, Masonic Lodge. And he also spoke out against the, the Jacobins and the Illuminati. I think America at one point was completely uh independent of the New World Order and uh the Vatican and and all the European powers also, uh, John Cecil, Cecil John Rhodes, he talked about reclaiming uh, the, the American colonies, meaning that they were independent of England.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and well, you'll find Washington's statement if you read it carefully. Um, what he said was he was well aware that the Illuminati had infiltrated uh, the American lodges. He didn't say much more about it. And again, when you retire, you're you're always a mason. When you're when you when you your apotheosis, which is the highest level, you cannot go any further. You're once a mason, always a mason. Yeah.
3: Okay, okay, Greg. Uh, my 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 question for you is: Are you located in Texas now?
0: What's that? No, I'm in Canada.
3: Uh, I'm I'm talking about Greg.
0: I'm talking oh. about Greg. Right now, I'm in Texas. Yes.
3: Because I notice your your address had changed? Yes. Where were you located before, like South Dakota or somewhere?
0: Well, you know, I was located originally in Chicago and then I traveled all over the place. And uh I don't like to go back into every place I've been. I mean, the last place I was after before this was in Idaho.
3: And you're in Copeland, Texas? Where's that?
0: Well, put it this, it's near Austin. You just okay. do a Google search, anybody can find it. Uh not far away. Okay, thank you. No problem.